Welcome to We Accept This Podcast. I'm your host, Lara Ziobro, and to this week, I'm very excited. We're going to have a series of guest co-hosts. This is our first guest co-host on. This is Jillian Clow, who is a uh, California-based, I know I was looking into your profile, you've been doing a lot of running. I'm very uh, jealous of that uh, in much better weather than I am here in New Jersey, where oh, yeah. we have like 16 inches of snow. So uh, I will enjoy, uh, have to live vicariously through you with the nice weather. But um, really excited to have her on this week to talk about uh, week five of The Bachelor, uh, where uh, these these ladies just can't stop with the drama this season. Um, yeah. We just, you know, we kind of get right back into it. I thought it was funny. So we open and they're all walking around and they're talking. And I, I was tweeting, I was like, when do they allow them to exercise on this show? Like, usually they don't let them do that, right? To like drive them crazy. Yeah, it's certainly like a testament to the COVID era of of the bachelor. And I guess we didn't see that so much on Tasha or Clasha's season rather. Yeah. But there was a lot of pool time and here we're not seeing that obviously because the weather didn't allow it, but the sort of park walks are definitely something that we haven't, haven't seen before. They're just, they're just like throwing everything on its head this season. I feel like, you know, it's like, we're going to bring in, you know, a bunch of extra ladies. We're going to let them work out. We're just going to do all kinds of weird things. So. Yeah. In more ways than one, certainly, um, you know, so we open up with Victoria and Kit. They're walking together um, and they're talking smack about the the new the new girls, yeah, the new girls. <laughs> who walk by them and they're like, hi, <laughs> like we're not totally talking yeah. smack about you oh. right now. Um, and, you know, they're still focused on this whole bad energy thing in the house and the fact that, you know, and they still don't know that Katie's the one who's talked to Matt about kind of the bad vibe in the house, but it, it's very much the focus of the conversation. Um, I'm sure no one in production is telling them to talk about the bad energy in the house at all, but it's like all they can oh, talk yeah. about. I know. it's And it's funny because usually after the seasons, we look back and all the different like ladies um, particular, like they all tend to be friends and you know they're really tight after the oh. season. Like who do we think is actually going to want to talk to each other after this season? <laughs> Seems, it seems like noticeably different on social. There's not like, hey, girl, you're crushing it on Instagram that you're used yeah. to seeing. You know, there's not these in final four and Peter season all went on vacation together. Lots of like Instagram yeah. collaborations. And here it just doesn't seem like that's going to be a thing. You know, there's not people aren't warming up to Anna or MJ. There's not that sort of like girl power, um, you know, interactions that we we're used to seeing and in some ways it seems a little refreshing if 30 women are all dating the same guy it's a little weird that they uh often gravitate towards each other in the post-show interactions but it's certainly different than what than what we yeah seen I just don't I don't see it I don't see it happening and I think it's going to be it just feels weird to me if ultimately and I assume we'll see obviously we're close to them starting taping for the bachelorette so like, is the Bachelorette lead going to come from this set of ladies? And if so, it'll be really weird to not have a group of built-in ladies who are, like, rooting for this this new lead. It's yes. just such a weird, yes. weird dynamic to me. Um, so, um, you know, they, they just keep talking about, like, Victoria can't stop talking about the newbies and, like, letting it go. Like, she's, she's done, she does nothing this episode to redeem herself from the story, like, arc no. that we've been on with her. The, the long journey and the many, many unfortunate outfits with the bra showing, um, like, it's, oh, oh all of God. it just continues. So, 
as I'm an attorney and as an attorney, I did appreciate her parting use of the word hearsay when she said goodbye to Matt. Um, I loved that. Um, and in some ways she was sort of true with like, you're, you know, you're not deciding this on the facts or whatever she said, but yeah, she just, you know, complete, no redemption. And I'm not even sure redemption is possible no. for her at any point down the road, but, and, and yeah, you know, where is, you know, double-sided tape or like the Kim Kardashian adhesive bra, <laughs> you know, those you know, it's 2021. There's gotta be a better way than having the bra. No. And I, I mean, I appreciate, look, I mean, also I appreciate 2021, 2020, like pandemic era. Like I appreciate, you know, being comfortable with, you know, your underpieces, but you know, but it's like, sure. she's on national television. Like the, pro- yeah, it's almost weird that the producers yes. didn't step yes. in like, Hey, just optically, this isn't good for us, regardless of whether or not it was to help her, but just for like a clean lines on the TV. I think they thought we're going to lean in because it's like her outfits, like some of them were just a lot. And then they were like, well, you know what? We're just going to add to it and let her accessorize it as she's choosing on her own, right? And just let her lean into that. Oh my gosh. So, but like he kind of starts off like we, this is the, another, another one of our like continued episodes. So like this is, we're picking up all of this. Um, You know, we didn't have a rose ceremony last week. Um, So then the next thing is, you know, he's sort of talking to them the night of the rose ceremony. And he starts, you know, saying he's going to clear the air and he's talking about what Katie brought to his attention, which was great. But I hated the way he like started it. Like he starts off, first of all, like I, I did appreciate where he was like, you know, if you have to belittle someone to like get ahead, essentially, like you're not my wife. Like, OK, I like that. I can get behind that. What I couldn't get behind was, you know, he's like, I, can't, I don't get enough time with you. OK, fair. But he's like, I don't want to waste my time on this. Like he seemed annoyed about the way he was like, it was kind of condescending, like this is beneath me. And I'm like, you're the lead. Like, mm. it's not beneath you. Like, I understand that you don't want to spend your time on this, but like do your job. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It just I think that's fair. It didn't it didn't that I didn't notice that. Um and I did feel like past leads will sometimes stoop to the drama or like instead of instead of focusing on a connection with someone, they'll be like, "Well, you know, I can't focus on Rachel when, you know, MJ and Anna are are causing drama in the house." And I liked that he kind of didn't mm-hmm. give it more attention than it required but I, I kind of agree I agree with you in the sense that there is sort of an air of like I'm Matt and um you know I, I don't I can just go hang out with Tyler and Hannah Brown if this is e- gonna carry exactly <laughs> exactly and I mean talking about you know going back like we were, we were joking before we hopped on the call like about the old like the OGs and the new girls and like you know the whole like real world mentality of like the fresh meat like he he is yeah. fresh meat. So like, yeah, exactly. like this, this applies to him. So he needs to like, to me, that means I think the expectations of him are a little bit more because it's like, we don't know you, you know, and he should be like, kind of really, I don't know. I feel like his, like him being new to the franchise in so many ways, I feel like has sort of played out in like him not understanding the dynamics of the show. And then moments like this, where you're just like, you know, that's kind of not the best way to phrase that for for yeah. at this point what is it 20 20 ladies I think it's 20 ladies they still have at this point yeah. like that have put their life on hold to date him in the middle of a global pandemic um you know mm-hmm. no big deal <laughs> but so yeah 
Yeah. You know, so he basically starts, you know, with trying to figure out all of this and he pulls, you know, Brittany aside and I appreciated the way she opened up with him and was just like, you know, it wasn't just like she said this and whatever. She was like, you know, this could impact my life after the show. My family is watching this. My friends are watching this. This is not what I signed up for. I thought that was good because I think a lot of times when they go to the lead, it's more like, you know, she said this, but this is this. Like, yeah, it just felt a little bit elevated. (laughs) I actually feel like Brittany has comported herself quite well and she comes off as like, mature and a little bit above it all and so it's funny that all of this drama has you know started with Britney showing up because she seems great and I'm sort of like well you know she isn't adding to the drama and who knows you know how this rumor got started but it it makes it easier to to pit the villains versus the good people when the person who is kind of at the center of the of the or the receiving end of the drama rather is yeah I think she seems great like I wouldn't be surprised if she's not like around towards the end of all of this she just seems so well spoken and like the way she's responded in social media about it as well externally I feel like she's done a really nice job of not only you know she like just kind of sharing about her feelings but also sort of acknowledging sort of the the whole population that has been also attacked as a part of this with all of the you know anti-sex workers and all of this stuff like she's she's done a great job of sort of like acknowledging that as well and then she was quick to chime in and be like you know and and don't attack everybody on the show that's not like helping the issue either so I thought she kind of addressed everything in pretty quick succession um I just I don't know I'm impressed with her as well so I hope we get to see more of her um and so but he looked like uh, oh no like <laughs> this is not okay, you know. Um, and you know, meanwhile, MJ and Anna are talking, and they're both like, you know, like she she's trying to like calm Anna down, and Anna's like, which she yeah should be because it's all her, right? And the the fact my initial gut impressions of Anna and MJ were positive, and they've just continually let me down and it's just like the fact that they are 23 and 24 is yep. showing and um you know I don't think either is a horrible malicious person at their core but there's certainly a reason why you know Tasha and Claire as the leads were captivating in a way that some of these women are proving not mm-hmm. to be and that's just you know a lot of personal growth and confidence that comes in your late 20s that you you know I don't think I don't think either MJ or Anna will be pleased looking back at you know how they acted and and or how they were edited on the show yeah and it's one of those things I mean they say a lot about like oh the edit the edit but it's like if you don't give them the content they can't they can't portray you in that way and so it's like they've clearly given them lots of content to work with um and you know I I don't know. So all of the conversation, like she basically then Anna has the conversation with Matt and like she starts to really like she's like all upset. And I I don't buy it. She doesn't really I don't think she would be going to this extreme and making all these apologies. And oh, my goodness, all the apologies, like the apologies. It was just like it didn't even mean anything. It was just like wasting everybody's time. Um, So she's like saying all of this stuff to him. And I just 
I don't think she would have said half of it, if even that, if she hadn't been put into a corner and thought this is my only way to potentially stay on this show to date this guy that I've clearly spent no time with and he has no interest in me. Um, so, right. Yeah. But it was like, I think she just, at that point, she knew he wasn't going to pick her, but I think she was just trying to not let this be the note she exited on. And I, sure. but I like that, you know, he was just like, you know, I have to protect the people in this house, which I, mm-hmm. I admired because we've had so much conversation on the show too, about all these people who have slipped through the cracks and been put on the show that never should have made it through the background check. Right. So like, you know, so oh, like yeah. if, if, you know, if they're not going to take care of it, like at least like with the stuff that he's observing, I mean, like even if some of this stuff, and I know he gets allegations thrown his way by uh, Victoria later, but like even if some of it ends up being unfounded, and that one didn't, um, even if it isn't up to be unfounded, it's like dating anybody else in the real world where you're like, you know what, my yeah. gut at this point is like, I don't feel good about you. It's not you. Yeah. What did you think about Anna's like departing line in the limo when she said like, I I said things that, or or I think she said something like, he he doesn't deserve to have a woman who would say what came out of my mouth and you know he deserves better than that or something along those lines I, I don't like my interpretation of it was like someone who because like, I think when she said it all I think like she had I, I do believe that she had people who reached out to her to be like hey this girl might be on the show and I do think they probably made little comments to her about like oh she likes the men or I don't know whatever something generic um, and then she decided to like and I don't know, it's easier, I think, when the show had like full straight on open bar to be like, had they drink, had, were they drinking too much? And like, I'm sure she had a little bit to drink. Maybe she doesn't need that much to have a lot to drink. But like, I just like, I kind of feel like she got caught up in the mean girl mentality in just the moment. And I feel like totally. she might have just been like the mouthpiece and just been like, well, I have something fun to share. And just like, I think she just kind of popped off and said it. And then she didn't let it go is the problem. And so I think right. like when I heard her say that, I interpreted it as like someone who like wouldn't like just think through and like be smarter about what she's saying and like not because yeah. I mean she basically said something to people as if it was fact when it wasn't so it's like it's not like I think that's the main thing is like some like that's a that's a not a that's not a great not a great trait like to someone who's gonna say something yeah. pretty bold on national tv that's not like substantiated so like my interpretation is that yeah. she was like you know I don't think he needs someone like that and I also think I think maybe this is just a little bit of her personality coming through because I think, again, she was pretty extreme in what she was saying in the limo. And so she was kind of extreme when she said to the lady. So that just makes me think she just kind of has strong yeah. reactions. She's Right. I, I do worry a little bit about Anna just in terms of like mental mm-hmm. health repercussions. Like I, I hope she's feeling supported right now because this is one of those scenarios like it reminds me of Olivia Caridi back on in the back. I love days Olivia. I love her too. She's like one of my top five Bachelor Nation people. But I remember she said something on that season, like in regards to Amanda Stanton calling her mm-hmm. like teen mom or something. Yeah. And it was like obviously not reflective of Olivia's right. heart. And of course it was aired because she got the villain edit and it really negatively affected Olivia. So I worry about Anna in the same way just in the sense that like she's 24 she's you know certainly not the worst the worst that was shown is certainly not reflective or hopefully not reflective of her as a person Mm -hmm. generally 
so it'll be interesting to kind of follow her um, as we move forward in the postseason, mm-hmm. um, just to see if she can kind of recover from it, um, at least from the sense that it, you know, hopefully it doesn't like ruin yeah. her life. Or... I, I always hope, like, I, like as much as certain people on the show, I'm like, ah, not a fan. Like, I don't really need to, like, you know, see their day-to-day from here on out. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll follow Anna. I don't know. But, like, I, I just – I always wish the best for them because there's always so much oh, conversation yeah. around, like, the fact that when they're on the show, they get, you know, support by, you know, the, the staff, like, psychiatrist or whatever they refer to her as, like, some someone that they can talk to throughout this process. And it's, like, known that, like, once the show is over, it's kind of it. And, like, if that's anything, right, yeah. when they need the support the most is after the show. And that's when it's just like they're yeah. just done, you know, with them at that point, which is unfortunate right. because that's just like they're left. And that's I think Olivia has been very vocal about, you know, that that's when she had a really hard time figuring out anything and like no one was supporting her. It was like she was the black right. like not only was yeah. she the black sheep and, and I mean, this I think could happen to anybody um, like she wasn't able to get a job and like all these different things because of her time on the show. So. Mm-hmm. I always worry about that for people as well. So, but he kind of like he lets her go in the middle of the date. Like this, this is like yeah. I feel like most seasons we didn't get this with the Bachelorette last season, but like most season there's like one episode where there's just a lot of like cutting, and this was like the week. Mm-hmm. This we was the it. purge yeah. week. It was like who's yes. they, they, the girls were joking about like who's next on the list, you know? And it was it was so I true. I, I did appreciate that he was decisive and I feel like we've seen past leads be like oh you know this the drama in the house is really stressing me out but I still like Anna so Mm -hmm. I want to see it through and it it was nice that it's just sort of like okay it's not Anna done let's move on and it felt like some redemption for the great girls who are still left that hopefully we can get some get to get to know because I feel like a lot of these people like that go throughout the course of this week are the people that we've spent so much time focused on. And I mean, I mean, I get the like drama to keep the like intrigue going with all the different ladies, like in the beginning before they kind of buckle down to like the more relationshipy part. (laughs) But at the same time, it's just like, we haven't seen like so many people in the house. Like there are people who went home this week. I had to look up who they were. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, you know, I want to spend more time getting to know these people because they, they, they're actually more interesting people, I think in so many ways. So hopefully. Oh yeah. Hopefully with this, this purge will help with that. Um, so then he talks with Michelle and Catalina. Um, well, actually Michelle is talking with the ladies. It's not with him. So they're really like talking to the side and Michelle talks about, like they're talking about the, the energy in the house. And Michelle is like, you know, um, I think it was Victoria saying like, who, who thinks the house is toxic? P.S. The whole episode all I could think of was Britney Spears, but um, oh. <laughs> I was thinking of her in the like flight attendant outfit. Yeah, the, the flight attendant, <laughs> um, which is great. But um, you know, she's like, "Who who thinks it's toxic here?" And like Michelle talks about, and which I thought was interesting because like some of the stuff we don't see, and she's talking about how you know there's hurtful things saying like other people are saying about her in the house, and then other girls are like laughing about it, which is just kind of like playing into and explaining that like kind of bullying, like the friction in the house that it's not just like you know isolated here and there. It's more of like a true like you know environment that they're facing there um and then you know Catalina talks about how there's like tension as well and Kit talks and like she's like apology apologizing and saying she's going to be more open but I'm like just a hot second ago you were walking around talking smack with you know smack with Victoria but okay we'll let it go 
we'll let it go. I don't know. I feel like everybody, this is like the apology train. And then we have Ryan have her discussion with Matt. And she's like very transparent telling him that um, essentially Victoria called her a hoe because she's a dancer. Matt's like, what? Horrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just some of these things. It's like, how do you, as someone on the show, how do you sit down and with a straight face tell like the man you want to have a relationship with? Oh, like, yeah. like, how do you say this? And like, how does he turn around and have a conversation with these people with a straight face? <laughs> he like, so. Right. How, how did he have four and a half weeks of conversations with Victoria where he pretended that he was interested in her? I don't you know? know. There's just no way that that was ever, you know, ever going to He's claimed in interviews that he found her like confidence and certain things about her attractive, but there has been zero like point in the conversation between yeah. the two of them that I bought it. I, I loved the build. Because, like, all of this happens and then you see, you know, Victoria pacing, you know, and we see, like, the bra in the mm -hmm. background oh, and the yeah. dress flowing, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, and her breaking down about how she was literally going to die. Yes. Um, she said literally, like, four literally. times. Yeah, and she says it, she says it, like, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, and just, uh, you know, it just, her reaction to the, the possibility of, being sent home was just so over the top and so um so I think it 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 exemplified the fact that she wasn't really she wasn't heartbroken it's like her her ego yeah. was wounded that that Matt wasn't into her rather than oh I'm gonna miss him um I just you know I knew I knew when they showed her this much throughout the episode, I'm like, she's going home. They're like putting her on here way oh, yeah. too much. She's getting the the last call. <laughs> and sure enough, Thank I God. know. Um, so, you know, when he went when he finally like pulls her in, she's just like shocked, you know, what he's saying. Um, and then he mentions Katie and I'm like, oh, I, I always hate it. Like usually the lead like doesn't, but then there's like, it feels like it's like half and half. They slip up and they say it and you're like, did they slip up or do yeah, they mean to? Almost like the producers told me I have to say Katie said it. Remember to say Katie. It felt a little like planned. I know. Almost. And I was like, and I felt like, why did he, why did he even say it if he was going to send her home? Like, what's the point? Like, but she's not going to be there, but I guess she mentioned it to them when she came out. I forget. But it was just like, uh, that made me, that made me cringe a lot um but I loved that she's like she's like well that's like that was taken out of context like that's not what I said and and he's like well explain to me in what context calling someone a hoe is appropriate <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite that was great and she just looked like ah uh. <laughs> it was great so she comes out, she's just basically like pacing. They show a lot of her pacing, right? And she talks about how she's the only one with a working brain. I don't know how, like they were so <laughs> far, like they were, all the ladies were at this couch and she's way in the front steps with all the producers like around her having her meltdown. And like they could, they were reacting to everything. And it's like, did they have her on, like she mic'd and they were like piping in her audio or like they were they were way too aware of everything she was saying. I was suspicious. I was like, this feels, this feels like they're giving her, cause they, they seem to be reacting like to exactly what she was saying. And, um, I don't know. That was my gut. I don't know, but it was, it was great. So then we go to the rose ceremony and he starts off and gives two of the new girls a rose, which was my favorite part of the night. And I loved that the bachelor really wanted us to know that he gave it 
to those two ladies first because they had someone come in and comment and be like, oh, he really made a statement by giving those two first two roses. Cause you know, there's yeah. like always the conversation about, you know, is the order what they put it in and like how the editing goes. Oh, so yeah. I just love that they were like, oh no, he did it. <laughs> so, this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, so we have Brittany, Ryan, Rachel, Serena P, Maggie, Kit, MJ, Jacinia, Katie, Abigail, Chelsea, and then the dramatic reveal to Serena C, which means that yes, Victoria is going home, as well as Lauren, who we did not get to know, Mari, who we sort of saw, and Catalina, who we mostly saw because Victoria stole her crown. I was surprised he sent home Mari and Lauren, even though we didn't get to yeah. know them very well. Lauren got a group date rose at one point. Yeah. And Mari got a lot of like first two episode time. Yeah. Then, so I would have expected them to make it a little farther, especially when like Serena C is a woman that we haven't really seen him have any sort of like romantic connection one on one yeah. time with. So just interesting. I was like, oh, this is this is shaking out differently than I would have thought based on the first episode. And it's like I I like Katie a lot in the episodes, but he hasn't had a ton of connection with Katie either. Exactly. And Katie this is just a like a hypothesis that could be wrong, but I feel like Katie is getting the Rachel Lindsay type edit mm -hmm. of like the lead isn't going to pick her, but the lead is going to keep her long enough so that she can be the next bachelor. I'm curious. I think I think I think that's I think it kind of has to be her if it's from this crop of women. Because who else? But, but I mean, and not that I don't like the other people on the season, but I just don't see an obvious person for it to be. There was some speculation. I forget who posted it today. It might have just been someone random on the internet. I don't know, but I thought it was valid. Saying like, like, oh, the Bachelorette's getting ready to tape and Katie hasn't been live tweeting. She usually I I and I because and I and I noticed it actually last night because I'm always like liking her post and like, you know, checking out what she's posting. And I was like, where is she? And I didn't know if, if something about like the way the episode was played, it just made her quieter. I don't know. But then I saw that and I was like, well, now I'm completely changing my perspective because yeah. <laughs> it would make sense. There's also been, um, oh, and this is part of Bachelor News, but I'll just throw it out now. Like that apparently they were going to tape it in Canada, but now with COVID, they got that like yeah. changed on them. I saw that today too. And that they would have had to start quarantining. Like usually Bachelorette starts filming in mm -hmm. March, but this year because of COVID, they're going to have to quarantine early and like it's going to move the production timeline back, which would also mean that whoever they cast won't be one of the like final four or final five because they can't announce someone. I, I guess they did do it for Rachel Lindsay, but it would be very weird to cast the runner up as the bachelorette when there's like seven women yeah. left. So that's why I feel like it has to be Katie. And I don't know how she finishes, but I, I don't think it's going to be, if she gets a hometown, I'll be shocked. A hometown, whatever. Like, it makes me cranky. I'm like this week, this, this week, this um, season, like, can we call it family week? Like the fact that it was home. I was like, yeah. I can't call it. It's not hometowns. Like you're at the stupid resort. Yeah. So like, you can't call it. Hometowns. Right. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I'm curious because they've also said um, that they are going to do like the after the final rose with them. So like, I, I don't know, like whoever they're going to reveal, I feel like they couldn't if they're already quarantining with a different crew, I don't know. I just feel like there's all these different oh, things true. because the, um, the after the final rose is supposed to be taping at some point in February, like taping early. 
Um, so I don't know. Maybe I guess they could tape something about the Bachelorette announcement before they have to go like officially into quarantine, whoever it is. I don't know. Yeah, and I guess like in the past they do the where the Bachelorette meets the first five yeah. guys or whatever in in the after the final rose. Maybe this announcement would just be like a here's a preview like of our bachelorette at some other resort yeah you know filming her like intro package there but i'm i'm convinced or i'm maybe not fully convinced but i'll be surprised if it's yes. not if it's not katie um i mean they could cast hannah ann i just think it's sort of like the ship has sailed on on peter i think women. so too and i think there's also been a lot of discussion around um you know do they bring back claire but i read a lot of coverage being like no like the production is is not on board with that um they're done um i've seen people talking about do they bring back becca kufrin i just i'm not a fan of like the like double seasons i kind of feel like you had your moment I, and i would love to see becca kufrin on paradise yes. but i don't think we need a full Becca Kufrin season just because you know we, we've gotten her personality but I'd like to see her in the mix with like Ivan and yeah um you know some of the guys from Tisha's season I, I think might be a much more compatible I think so too that would be fun I'd like that oh paradise I'm so excited they're they're I saying know. they're gonna try to figure it out this season so I'm very curious like if they don't do it it's gonna be like two years without paradise is just a waste a waste of yeah. really great ridiculous people that they could put on a beach I somewhere know. so um yeah I, I feel like they to have to um so Victoria leaves we, we didn't finish saying that Victoria left. She left. Um, I love that she left oh and God. said she was never dating a Matt again. I'm like, good <laughs> luck with that. Yeah, exactly. It's like one of the most common millennial man names. But I, I was laughing that. so hard. Um, I haven't dated anybody in quite a while because I've been married for a while. But um, I, I once dated three Matts in a row. So this was like a very funny statement <laughs> to me, two of which had the same first and last name. So oh I was like, God. good luck with that. Like in a big metro series, like she's, she's, uh, I think she's in yeah, LA. Yeah. Like I forget somewhere. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, good luck. Yeah. Everyone's name. Good luck. Matt here. Good luck so. with that. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um, so then we have our group dates of the week. Um, we start off with, um, oh wait, no, just kidding. We have our worst one-on-one -on -one date with Rachel. She gets the, you know, fancy oh, shopping right. date, which is always like, I'm like, if they're going to have them do something silly and waste time during the day. I'm like, this is the date I want. Like, just let me buy mm -hmm. stuff, like pick out fun stuff. They, they had a good time with it. Didn't take it too seriously. It was funny. Cause like, I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like Matt is like the super like fancy clothes kind of guy. So it was just funny yeah. to see him in some of those outfits. I was like, I'm not, I'm not buying that. <laughs> but anyway, no. Yeah. He, he looked great yeah. in them and they looked cute together. The only thing that I think would be hard about that date is, that production makes you makes the woman who gets the date bring all of her stuff home, yes. you know, halfway through. And that's just I think Rachel did a nice job of, you know, she seemed excited and she was appreciative, but it, she wasn't flaunting it any more than like production right. had obligated her. Right. To. And then she has the evening point of the date where they she has another dress that is like delivered to her by the chauffeur that she yeah, wears beautiful. this like super bold like vibrant blue um and you know they're talking and she basically so it's just it's 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 sad because they both reveal that they've both never really been in love and i'm like this is a 
not the best situation for both of you guys to be together because it's like because then if they do end up together it's like is it really gonna last because neither of them really knows what's going on and like and then every time he says that I'm like the fact that we have a lead who doesn't really know like hasn't been in love and doesn't know what yeah or even even more weirdly he said like at the time I thought I was but now I realize and I'm like ooh, like that must you know, it might it must hurt to hear that for right that I love you too. You know, a few years ago, um, I don't think it's necessarily a red flag, in in terms of like, I think there's a difference to between I've been looking for love, I'm yeah. ready, I haven't found the right person, versus what I'm hearing from him, which is like my last relationship ended because she wanted to be my girlfriend and I didn't want a label, which is like. <laughs> so now you're looking for your wife like how did that how did we get from point a to point b it's a it's yeah i don't i mean there was someone who posted was it tyler c something got posted where it showed like him with one of his roommates in new york city and it showed a picture of their apartment and it is horrifying it is like college on its head and i'm like this is what i think of when i think of matt is like this is like he he walked fresh yeah. from this being his reality into I'm gonna like find a wife and I just I don't know right. that he's there I don't know that I believe it and so when yeah so when he has conversations like this it just doesn't doesn't really convince me <laughs> yeah totally but you know they they seem really happy with each other um and the conversation and she tells him that she is falling in love for, with him even though she has confirmed she has never been in love before and he no, says the same thing back to her which is very early in the season but um you know wildly early i feel like we've gotten this vibe from them all along he seems super into her but still very early i i'm surprised that he said that and that it was shown because mm. now it seems like well rachel must win because we haven't seen him reciprocate that sort of affection with anyone. I think it seems like he really likes Brie and Michelle as well, but just the how forthcoming he was. But then I'm thinking, well, if they're showing this to us, something must happen um, because otherwise, like, you know, we have a Clarendale situation mm. all over again. Like, let's end the season. It's Rachel. Um, so I- I'm curious to, like, to see how the story unfolds with why that yeah, was shown definitely then we find out that you know he gives he gives the rose to her essentially while they're on the date right you know back at the house you know michelle is talking speaking of michelle um michelle who had our like imme- had her immediate like one-on-one date with him after coming like late into the season is talking a little bit about being a little uncomfortable about the relationship um you know not knowing where she stands with him as they're going out on this group date which they go out on this group date and they're like on a farm, which I loved how he was like, you know, I'm a country boy. And I'm like, you are, you yeah. are from Raleigh. You are from a metropolitan. Yeah. Boy. I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, but they had this whole date, which um, I'm trying to remember what, se- what season was it? Wasn't it? Um, oh my goodness. Wasn't Demi? Oh, and like, it was Nick Vial season with Corinne and they made Corinne go clean up. Cause wasn't her. she, okay. I meant to look this up. Wasn't she wearing white jeans on the date? 
I think Which, so. I think that's I kept right. thinking because um, yeah. people were commenting, all the ladies go out for this date and they're all wearing black. And then I started thinking, I was like, wait, wasn't Corinne wearing white? <laughs> I had to confirm this with my boyfriend because I thought it was, I was like, oh, we saw this on Chris Goldsey's. And he's like, no, no, this was Nick Vial. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to live with another another bachelor <laughs> who can fan. set you straight on the finer details of the yeah. bachelor universe <laughs> right. i love it so they're all just kind of you know running around you know it's it's just a mess like there's not really anything to talk about the date they're just like yeah, yeah mj being afraid of chickens um strangely. him oddly making out with piper out of nowhere i was like i loved that though i, I was, was like, so confused can we see more Piper? She seems. I, I mean, every just... time that we've seen her, there's been like these little moments, and like we see her. Like to me, they they're so like spread out that I'm always like, she's familiar, but what's her name again? Like I have to look up the and I because yeah. I know her name, I know her face. I don't always put the two together because we don't see her like consistently. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's Piper again. Like, she's the one. So I was. Yeah. It made me think like there has to be a lot going on there that we're not seeing. Um. So it was just, but it. I, I was like, so. give us more of that so we understand the that. Like Yeah, why you would run away from MJ to go make out with Piper. Um it, and when that happened, it seemed like they had already had a rapport. Like she yeah. teased him and said, you know, they're gonna wonder where you are. Like they had kind of, you know, had some like there was um there was some precedent for him to come kiss her like that so yeah yeah I'm curious I'm very I'm very curious more. maybe we'll get to see more at some point maybe maybe she'll just be one of those people who like all of a sudden at the very end of the season he's like super into and we see all the time and we're like where yeah why haven't yeah. we seen you the rest of the season uh, Catherine, Catherine yes Lowe. definitely I was thinking of the Catherine Lowe treatment <laughs> yeah. um so that was interesting MJ uh MJ this I'm just I'm I'm kind of done with MJ <laughs> like she, she was just like you know, she was like annoyed about him getting pulled by Piper. And then like, we just haven't really had a reason to see anything positive with her, you know? No, I had high hopes for her from her intro yeah. when she came in the pizza delivery car and accidentally lost the passenger side. I was like, oh, she's fun. And then since then, she's just been, you know, she snubbed Sarah when Sarah was having her meltdown. She like brushed her off and said, you know, she needed to cool down. And then yesterday I was just like, wow, this is, this is MJ's great demise. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was just not, it was not a good episode for her at all. And she was very no. present. In it. Um, and, you know, she's just like, basically she just sits there like, you know, complaining about that on this date. I mean, is and it's basically on this date though, that um, it, it is, I think at this point, at some point on here that um, Jacenia mentions to him that MJ has, you know, kind of been the one driving the division in the house between the old, the old guard and the new guard. I think, I don't remember exactly when they had that discussion. Was that at this point? I don't, I don't remember either. It might've been at the cocktail was it? party. I was, oh no, 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 no. It couldn't have been because there's, it's, I don't like when they do this out of order because I confuse the cocktail parties, but it must have been on the date because then Jasenia and MJ yes. got the note to start the right. cocktail party early. But Jasenia brought that up to him. And then also we see some of the 
some of the girls who are maybe not the top tier start to realize that like we have Abigail kind of start to wonder why she hasn't gotten a one-on-one mm-hmm. um Michelle Piper um and and it's in, it's interesting to kind of start to to watch that and Matt having never been on the show before might not realize that sort of some of some of his choices or production's choices about who's getting which dates are starting yeah. to have a you know a back well especially now that we're basically halfway through the season like we're at that point where if you haven't had a one-on-one date it starts to be more of an issue and I meant to do this and I didn't get a chance to I wanted to look back and see like because I feel like the bachelorettes are more like um what's the word like they are more strategic in who they choose to give their first impression rose and it kind of carries a lot more weight and the bachelors are just kind of all over the place so it's like so I was I was curious to look back and see like because speaking of Olivia earlier um like she was the first impression rose recipient and she didn't get a one-on-one date so I was curious to look back at all of the bachelors and see how many of their first impression rose recipients never got a one-on-one date because I was thinking about that when he and Abigail were having the conversation because I think that, you know, not like not having the one-on-one date at this point in the season, like has a certain connotation for them anyway. But when you're the first impression rose recipient, I feel like it's just an added layer of like, you know, I caught your eye. Why did you not come back? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had, they had actually a, a really interesting conversation. Like I felt like it was so hard to hear her tell her story about, you know, I, I just, I can't even imagine. I, I thought, I thought it was it was hard to hear, but also like take so much courage to tell like just to really kind of put it black and white with someone and be like, you know, when I have children, this is very likely that I would have children that are deaf. And then she tells him about how his how her father, her biological father, walked out on her um, mother and, and, and her and her sister um, once, you know, the two the two children um, both were de- were born deaf. And like I think she mentions it's like right after they had their um, cochlear implants done, like one to be like how hard to to be like to tell that story and then to to be so honest about that knowing that you know he's he's said throughout the season that he wants to have kids so like knowing that that's going to be like a big factor for him too and knowing that she really wants the time with him but i think she also just wants to put it all out there so that you know she doesn't i, I feel like in some way so that she doesn't feel like she's like wasting his time necessarily if that's going to be a deal breaker yeah. for him and yeah, or protect herself yeah. so that if he, you know, if she gets sent home with an ex-row ceremony, she's only as invested, you know, as yeah. she is. Um, I also take back what I said about Katie certainly being the next Bachelorette because if it's not Katie, it has to be Abigail. Mm, I could see that. Um, I think she, she would be a great lead as well. And her, yeah, and her story, as you mentioned, it's like, you know, having um, – having a cochlear implant and all of the challenges that comes with on top of having that kind of traumatic family situation is just, you know, it's very easy to empathize with. Definitely. Definitely. Um, And she's just, she's so well-spoken and she's just very warm and I don't know. I like her a lot. Yeah. She seems very sweet. Yeah. I like her a lot. Um, And so that is kind of that date. And then we have the date with Kit, um, which was like, again, I would love the data. Like it, it felt like it, it was like eight minutes long. They showed us like blanket, blanket. Yeah. It. So yeah. she was carrying an umbrella. I've seen stuff online saying like, was it raining in the <laughs> afternoon? And they had to cancel the afternoon portion of the date because like she only got the nighttime part of the date, oh. which 
they've done a terrible job of like well not that they've always done the best job but anyway they could easily have made jokes about some of these things because otherwise it just looks like you know why did she get this lame like half of a date you know and and they baked yeah and like maybe there's an explanation but like tell us the explanation because otherwise it just looks dumb so it's like okay you just get this evening date okay fine and he's like just come to my room which is also kind of weird but um (laughs) they're like baking which she's like oh he remembered he remembered that i said i love to bake with my mom we have this emotional connection and it's like okay production probably told him like oh you should have a a date um so they make these cookies we don't get to see them. No one gets to eat them because The Bachelor. And, uh, you yeah, know. They don't eat on dates. They have a, a little bit of a nice conversation. Um, but it was not, yeah. like, the most, you know, memorable of dates, I feel like. I mean, to me. I struggle with yeah. Kit because her voice sounds exactly like a hybrid between Courtney Kardashian and Kendall Jenner. <laughs> And I'm like, you belong. I'm watching the wrong reality show. Like, you belong on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's all I can focus on. And she she seems like she is harmless. I, I don't really have a strong opinion about Kit either way. Just the fact that she's 21 is a little bit of a red flag yeah. in terms of, like, Matt's forever person to the extent that that's, like, what we're looking for. But she seems more mature than 21, certainly. Um, I just kind of feel like, okay, she's fine. See, see her on Paradise. Yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, I, I I was surprised that she got the one-on-one, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I would have thought it would have been Abigail over Kit um, because he seems to have much stronger connection with Abigail. Because every time he's talked to Kit, it's just kind of like another conversation. It's not like a moment yeah. that you walk away and you're like, oh, they, they really shared a moment or like, oh, they really seem to have a good connection. It just kind of seemed like they had a conversation. Yeah. It's like they're they're people who in New York City running into each other at a party have a great time together in a group of friends and then everyone goes home. Yeah. You know, back to their regular lives. But I don't really see I don't really see either a spark or like compatibility, you know, with them. Her mom's a famous fashion designer. Matt's sort of just, you know, off, you know, running marathons and like gallivanting around. They don't really have like common interests beyond just like New York City hobnobbing. Yeah. I don't think beyond sort of this little bubble that they have at Nima Colon, they have a ton yeah, that they yeah, would yeah. really <laughs> gel with each other in the outside world. Um so I mean then that's kind of where we land at him being like, I wanna like talk to Jacinia and MJ before the mm-hmm. cocktail party, which I like I do like again like talking about his decisiveness. I like that it's not you know, sort of like he doesn't bring all of the ladies together and then make them sit around and wait. It's just kind of like this is happening first. I like the like setting expectations. I like the fact that he's going to address it up front and then whatever's going to happen will be done. And then he can focus on the night with the ladies. I like that. I like yeah. the fact that, you know, I and what I don't like is that I've, you know, I, it's kind of making it sound like it's going to be like this two on one scenario. And like, I don't think, well, we know because we've seen of MJ, like, like there's nothing that should be like Jacinia should be like on the hook for, right? Like she hasn't done anything. So it's like, yeah. I don't like it being pitted as like, oh, like this is going to be the two of them versus each other. I'm like, well, it's not really like a scenario that I can buy into <laughs> because they're really right. like. Yeah. And I feel like oftentimes when they're, when they do pit like two women or like one woman raises an issue with another, 
it ends up making both of them look bad in the classic two-on-one scenario. And I think here, it, this is making Jasenia look great. Yeah. You know, she comes off as articulate and poised and rational. And MJ just continues to spiral. And she keeps saying, I, I lead by example. And it's like, well, number one, what does that yeah. mean? And just the fact that you're saying that doesn't make it true. Like, the example you're setting has not been a good one. So maybe come up with a different defense. It's just not, not working. No, no. And then she kept talking about how she's like for peace and all the, like all these other, I'm like, yeah, harmony. <laughs> like, like, have, like, are you, are you pretending to be someone else? Like it just, it made yeah, no sense to mean? me at all. And yeah. that's when I think I was just like, can, can she just go home? Because like, I go. just can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I will. think she will too. I don't. It wouldn't make sense to me. I, but I did think though, like about them, like putting the two of them together. It made me. It made me think like like he could have easily if he wants to go this approach. Like I'm. I'm glad he didn't trot Katie out and be like, all right, we're gonna have a two on one with like Katie and Victoria. Like right, Katie and everyone. Like why yeah. is he gonna bring the person who brought it up and have them front and center again? Like uh, whatever. I I don't think that's yeah. the right yeah, approach. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, I think they really want to have a two-on-one date this season, and they were like, we can make it happen here, so we're just going to slide that on in. I do yeah. think, though, like, we need a proper two-on-one. They keep doing these, like, lame little, like, yeah, it, it's it's only no, half we credit. Need, like, like, we need, like, out in the Badlands uh, or, you know, leaving Olivia on that island by herself like we need the classic or the the don't cry for me argentina with uh derek peth i love that one i don't even i don't even remember was it chase i'm trying to remember who the other guy was on the date with him with uh jojo i think it was chase um i just remember him in the car and like the the lone like the fat tear yeah the lone tear yeah (laughs) oh he's fun i like derek um so that's kind of our episode. I feel like we we have the the promo, I think because they brought it out again. And from what I'm reading online, I think we're finally going to get the arrival of Heather, which seems like is not. Oh, like, yes. I just, if they wanted to trot her out, <laughs> why does she not come in with the other ladies? Like the fact, yeah, like it just, have. like at this point, it's just annoying. Like I feel like not only for the ladies in the house, but I feel like for people watching the show, it's just like, you guys have already done this this season. Yeah. And. I think part of it too was like, yes, Heather is very good friends with Hannah Brown, but Hannah isn't, I mean, sorry, Heather isn't exactly like a fan favorite. No. So it's not like they're trotting out someone that we all would love to see again yeah. on the TV. It's like, oh, Heather, okay. Hmm, the girl who like finished eighth on Colton season. Cool. All right, whatever. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping that it's going to be a similar approach to when like Chris Bukowski tried to show up that one season and yeah. they were like, no, thanks. Bye. Like, Thank I really want, I really want him to just be like, I'm good. Like, I don't need another because yeah. I, and I, and I kind of, I'm wondering if that's what he's ultimately going to do. I think he will also because having never, like he's new to the franchise, he doesn't have any obligation to like keep her on because the producers yeah. want him to and I kind of think if he were into her he would have that would have been explored prior to now and he's probably just like you know this isn't thank you Hannah for sending your friend for me but <laughs> thank you for sending me a special wife. care package but <laughs> yeah I would love to see Hannah Brown show up I'd love like 
for that just from like a friend's perspective but i'm i expect that'll come later in this well and it looks like we're getting tyler c instead so yes that's great all of the happy to have the bro energy (laughs) yeah oh my goodness um so I guess we'll find out what happens with that next week. Um, we'll just talk a little bit about Bachelor news. I'll share what I have, and maybe Jillian had some to add to the mix. Um, mm. There was another article. Um, is there a new host on the horizon? Talking about more rumors about whether Chris Harrison is retiring. They're saying that, you know, with the new hosting on Dancing with the Stars, they're like, you know, I think they're thinking about similar changes on the show. I don't know that I buy it because I feel like, you know, they were kept talking about like, oh, senior people are talking about this. And I'm like, you know, like he's an executive producer on the show. He is senior people on the show. So it's like, you know, it, but right. it, I mean, yeah. the source was, to be fair, OK Magazine. So like not the most credible. But um, it's just interesting they keep saying this because I just feel like, like JoJo hosted that little bit of period and it just wasn't obviously the same. So if it's yeah. not Chris Harrison, I don't know who it's going to be. Um, yeah. I don't know how to buy it. Yeah. So we'll see. There was also an article that came out, which I thought was interesting. Um, I have not read his book, which I think just came out. Um, but um, it was a whole article about Ben Higgins getting real about a painkiller addiction that came out in the book that he just released. Um, which I was, which I was really surprised about when I saw the headline, I was like, I must be misreading this, but no, um, you know, he said, you know, he doesn't hold back on his past struggles in the book, which is called Alone in Plain Sight, you know, very poignant title there, um, which uh, talks about the addiction and apparently he got addicted to pain meds. It looks like after he underwent knee surgery in high school, um, and he was rejected from his dream college, discovered his girlfriend cheated on him and learned that his father's cancer had returned all kind of like compounded um and that he found himself running with a bad crowd and then he became dependent on pills he um which i was not expecting i thought one i was like really surprised because like it's very unusual for someone to you know have like such a prominent role in one season and then go on to be a lead in another and have something like this that doesn't come up right so that i was really surprised i thought you were gonna say it was like within you know since his time on the show I did like after his breakup with Lauren I Bushnell yeah I thought so like too that. but when I saw it was like before I was like wait a minute like do they allow people to have like you know a kind of this like deep like yeah I was I was very surprised I was like I this might be one of the first I've seen where there's been like some like significant tidbit like this where yeah, we didn't find out about it but I mean I thought it was really cool that he was willing to come out about it because I do think people have like this this perception of him now i mean that that awful title for his season the perfect bin but like uh which he's which he's yeah. talked about how that was like a curse for him <laughs> but um i thought it was really cool that he put it in his book and that he's talking a lot about it in the media um because i do think there's so much of a you know all the like instagram mentality of how everybody has these perfect lives and these perceptions of who they think yeah. these people are so i thought that that was really powerful for him to share sort of this past that no yeah. one was expecting i also thought that it was equally powerful that he talked very transparently about his ghost writer for the book <laughs> oh really oh good i mean yeah there's no yeah. way any of these people write yeah books. so i i loved that um i loved that he um was very transparent about that um and talked about how basically that she was kind of like his therapist like talking with him about some of this yeah. stuff um so anyway I also think- oh no i was Go gonna ahead. say it, the the book is out now i was gonna say i was gonna say um uh, i wonder too if zach clark's um openness and candor about his 
past addiction mm-hmm. and his, you know, owning a rehab, like, even though the book, you know, Ben's book came up independently of that, it's sort of accepting people who have struggled with addiction as sort of now being ushered in within Bachelor Nation as like something that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this sort of will um, make other people come forward with past struggles, yeah. whether addiction related or not. I just think it's it's good of Ben, who is probably the most, one of, if not the most loved members of Bachelor Nation to share that too. It's like extra, extra powerful yes, from that. Absolutely. I was very impressed. All right, cool. I think that's everything from the week. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Jillian. Fun chatting with you and talking about, um, you know, Matt kind of laying down the law this week and excited to see hopefully more of the same next week. We'll see. Fingers crossed that that's the way we're kicking off the week. So we will talk to you next week. Bye. Connect with us on Twitter at AcceptThisPod, where we live tweet episodes and share updates on Bachelor News. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on Google Play. If you love us, take a minute and leave us a lovely five-star review. Nothing makes our day more. We'll talk to you soon.